that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, box cover. Yeah. Yeah, really, Holmes. Um, oh, I tried to apologise. <laughs> Not required. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't do for Mrs Hudson to come in just now, eh? Lying on the floor like two naughty schoolboys. Oh, I wouldn't do at all. Well, though, I do suspect there may well be something of the naughty schoolgirl in Mrs Hudson. Steady on, Holmes. I mean, do you think so? Uh, anything's possible. Yeah. Yes, I suppose it is. Mm. <clears throat> oh, I must say... This carpet is really rather comfortable. Mm. And kind to the knees. You know, Holmes, you really are quite impossible at times. Mm. Uh, don't doubt it. I'm supposed to be clearing out the room. You're making it worse by cluttering up with that box of yours. You should be aware, Watson, that this box is about to play an important part in the evacuation of the so-called litter you complain of. Oh, really? <clears throat> well, by discarding some of its contents, I shall make room for those very papers which seem to offend your passion for tidiness. I watch with interest. Yes, please do, please do. Yeah. <laughs> the case is enough here, Watson. <laughs> If you only knew what was in this box. <laughs> Records of my early work. Really? Hmm. I've often wished I had notes on that. Yes, all done prematurely before my biographer had come to glorify me. <laughs> but not all successes, of course, but there are some pretty little problems among them. <clears throat> ah, yes, the Tarleton murders. Nasty business. Vanbury the wine merchant. Clever man, clever. The old Russian woman. Well, 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 well. Oh, the singular affair of the aluminium crutch. Aluminium crutch. Ricoletti of the club foot and his abominable wife. And uh... ah, now this really is something—a little recherche. Mm. Box within a box. Hmm. What do you make of the contents? Uh, let's see now. Uh, a piece of paper, old-fashioned brass key, mm-hmm. a peg of wood with a, a ball of string attached to it, uh-huh. and three trusty old discs of metal. Yeah, a curious collection. Yes, well, the story that hangs around it will strike you as even more curious still. These relics have a history, then? Mm, so much so that they are history. <laughs> They're all I have left to remind me of the adventure of the Musgrave Ritual. Oh, yes, I seem to recall the name. Hmm, I may have referred to the matter. If it's all the same to you, Holmes, I shall be glad to have an account of it now. Yes? Well, and leave the litter as it is? Oh, no, surely the strain would be too much for you to bear, Watson. Hmm? <laughs> ah, well, I should be glad if you'd care to add this case to your chronicles, for there are points in it which make it quite unique in the criminal records of this, or, I believe, of any other country. When I first came to London, I had rooms in Montague Street. You can hardly realise how difficult it was then to establish myself as a consulting detective. And so, as the British Museum was just round the corner, it was there I waited, filling in my too abundant leisure time by studying all those branches of science which might make me more efficient. As luck would have it, however, I happened to be at home on one of the comparatively rare occasions on which I had a caller, Reginald Musgrave, whom I'd not seen since we were undergraduates together four years previously. Good to see you again, Holmes. How's all gone with you, Musgrave? Well, you probably heard of my poor father's death. Yes, I am sorry. About two years ago, wasn't it? Well, I suppose it must be. Mm. 
Since then, I have, of course, had the Hulston estate to manage, and as I am a member for my district as well, my life has been a busy one. But you, Holmes, I understand that you are turning to practical ends those powers with which you used to amaze us. Oh, party pieces. There's nothing more. <laughs> Nonsense. What about the time... Oh, now, what was the fellow's name? Stanton. That's it. Hmm. Harry Stanton. He would have been out on his ear if it hadn't been for you. I was able to throw a little light on the affair. A little light? You only unravelled a mystery which was beyond everyone else. Still don't know how you did it. <laughs> In answer to your question, yes, I have taken to living by my wits. I am delighted to hear it. For your advice at present would be exceedingly valuable to me. I am at your service. Now, please, do sit down. Oh, thank you. Well, we have had some very strange doings at Helston, and the police are about as baffled as I am. It really is the most extraordinary and inexplicable business. Perhaps you would care to recount it. You must know that though I am a bachelor, I have to keep up a considerable staff of servants at Helston. It's a rambling old place and takes a good deal of looking after. I preserve, too, and in the pheasant months I usually have a house party, so that it would not do to be short-handed. Altogether, there are eight maids, the cook, the butler, two footmen and a boy. Of these servants, the one who's been longest in our service is Brunton, the butler. <laughs> Always uh, as a butler? Uh, yes. Yes. He was a young schoolmaster out of the place when he was first taken up by my father. But he was a man of great energy and character, and he soon became quite invaluable in the household. Handsome fellow, too, with a splendid forehead. And though he has been with us for twenty years, he cannot be more than forty now. Extraordinary chap. Very gifted, speaks several languages, plays just about every musical instrument you can think of. Oh, really? In fact, it's just amazing that he should have been satisfied so long in such a position. A paragon, indeed. But this paragon has one fault. He's a bit of a Don Juan. Ah. It was all right when he was married, but since he's been a widower, we've had no end of trouble with him. A few months ago, we were in hopes that he was about to settle down again, for he became engaged to Rachel Howells. And she is? Our second housemate. Yeah. But he has since thrown her over for another. Rachel, who is a very good girl, but of an excitable Welsh temperament. Ah, the Welsh. She had a sharp touch of brain fever. Now she goes about the house, or did until yesterday, like a black-eyed shadow of her former self. That was our first drama at Helston. Uh, may I have a cigarette? No, oh, my dear fellow. Please, help yourself. Thank you. Uh, I'll join you. If you... Uh, you say uh, that was the first drama? Yes, but the second came to drive it from our minds, and it was prefaced by the disgrace and dismissal of Brunton. Mm. One day, last week, Thursday night to be more exact, I just couldn't sleep. Rather foolishly, I'd taken a cup of strong café noir after my dinner. About two in the morning, I gave up the struggle and went to fetch the novel I'd left in the billiard room. Having descended a flight of stairs and reached the head of the passage leading to the gun room, you can imagine my surprise when I looked down the corridor and saw a glimmer of light coming from the open door of the library. Naturally, my first thought was of burglars. So, having armed myself with one of the old weapons that decorate the walls, I tiptoed down the passage and peeped in at the open door. Brunton was sitting there in an easy chair, fully dressed with a slip of paper which looked like a map upon his knee. A map? I stood dumb with astonishment watching him from the darkness. 
Suddenly, he rose from the chair, walked over to a bureau, unlocked it, and took out a second paper from one of the drawers. Then he returned to his seat and began to study it with minute attention. What is the meaning of this, Brunton? Who? Oh, Mr Musgrave, sir, I was... Uh... You choose to examine our family documents like some thief in the night. Do you have an explanation? I, uh... That is no, sir. So, this is how you repay the trust we have reposed in you. You will leave my service tomorrow. But, sir, Mr Musgrave... That will be all. Did you hear me, Brunton? Yes, sir. But, Mr Musgrave, sir, I, I can't bear disgrace, sir. I've always been proud about my station in life, and disgrace would kill me. My blood will be on your head, sir. It will, indeed, if you drive me to despair. If you cannot keep me after what is past, then for God's sake, let me give you notice and leave in the month, as if of my own free will. I could stand that, Mr Musgrave, but not to be cast out before all the folk that I know so well. You don't deserve such consideration. Your conduct has been most infamous. However, as you have been a long time in the family, I have no wish to bring public disgrace upon you. A month, however, is too long. Take yourself away in a week and give what reason you like for going. Only a week, sir. A fortnight, say at least a fortnight. A week. And you may consider yourself to have been very leniently dealt with. Very good, sir. Good night, Mr Musgrave. Tell me, what was on the paper Brunton took from the Bureau? Well, that's what was so odd about the whole business. It was nothing of any importance at all. Uh, let me be the judge of its significance. Uh, of course. <laughs> it was simply a copy of an old observance called the Musgrave Ritual. It is a ceremony peculiar to our...